This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bridget and Scott, Bruins get a win last night against the Florida Panthers at the TD Garden. Four lines to take away from it, but let's get into the opening shifts and start with you, Scott. Yeah, well, Bruins are uh, going to be a bit shorthanded on defense for a little while. Um, Matt Grizzly got injured in the first period of Monday night's game. Some sort of upper body injury. I I rewatched all of his shifts and could not find like a clear injury. There was a he did kind of get tangled up near the goal post and sort of got knocked down from behind. So it might've been something there, but he had like four or five shifts after that. Uh, but either way, he did not return to the game and Jim Montgomery said he's expected to miss a couple weeks. Uh, and then Charlie McAvoy later in the game hits Oliver Ekman Larson in the head, gets a five minute major and a match penalty deserved in my opinion. Uh, had a hearing with the Department of Player Safety on Tuesday. We are recording this around 5 p.m. Tuesday. And as of this very moment, no word on a potential suspension yet, but I think we all expect some sort of suspension. Um, so they could be without him on top of Grizzly for a couple games, which brings about some some interesting decisions as far as what they're going to do on defense, which I know we're going to, to get into more, but you could see Mason Lorai's NHL debut. He certainly is one of the names to watch when it comes to potential players to call up from Providence. Yeah, for me, it's it's the story here is a 8-0-1 start to the regular season for the first month. Uh, now that October is coming to a close here, a lot of turnover with the roster in the offseason. A lot of expectations for this team to foul off. And while they haven't played perfect hockey um, at all, even throughout this this month of hockey, like defensively and in that they've been great, but offensively and just chemistry-wise, it's been a little Jekyll and Hyde, but they've been get, getting the job done. So 8-0-1, um, first place in the Eastern Conference, first place in the Atlantic. They got you know three, four points cleared on a, the, the teams behind them, right behind them. Um, so that's that. That's that's my takeaway through the first month. Now that we're heading into November here, just uh, undefeated in the regulation, and Pavel Zaka being the guy to put the icing on the cake last night after you know a good month of hockey, but not a ton of production for him. Hopefully, that's that's a sign of good things to come for him. And my opening shift is the big story of today, which is the fact that Jim Montgomery announced this morning that Matt Patra will be remaining with the team. I don't think any of us 
are surprised by that. I think it would have been a huge shock if they had gone the other way. But just knowing how his teammates have already really grown to trust him, the coaching staff has grown to trust him. He has absolutely earned his spot. And so um, probably a big relief for him today, though I think everybody kind of knew what was coming. Um, the fact that last night he was playing on the same line with David Posternock shows you that they trust him um, to help create offense for this team. So we're going to get into that a lot later, but just kind of a sigh of relief. We know now um, what something that has been a big question mark from the beginning of the season and has been a progressing storyline that it kind of has a happy ending today, even though things could change throughout the season. He is safe. And I think everybody's happy with that. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think Jim Montgomery might've announced that before they even officially told Patra um, because he was asked, you know, how did you break the news to him? And he said, I haven't talked to him yet today. And so um, I think there was still like another meeting with Don Sweeney after uh, after Montgomery's presser at Morning Skate, but I, I think uh, Montgomery almost broke the news several times earlier this week because he just was praising him and praising him and praising him, and he was really like throwing out there like all of these things. And then um, after in the post game press conference after the Florida game, he goes, "I was told I need to be less effusive with my compliments to him because he's kind of like." you know, if for whatever reason, Don Sweeney decided to not keep him, like it was kind of undermining <laughs> that situation. But um, it was pretty obvious that those two get along well already. Um, and, you know, we also heard comments from Marshawn last night after the game and his praise could not have been higher for Patra. He said, this is going to be a guy that's in the NHL for a long time. Talked about how he was a nice kid. Everybody likes being around him. Really nothing bad to say about him between off the ice and on the ice stuff. So if your captain is giving you this nod and your coach is giving you this nod, you have to know that upper management is probably right there with them. Yeah, clearly. And, you know, Jim Montgomery said it on Tuesday. He said he's earned it with his play. Um, you know, acknowledge that like, there's no guarantees for the entire rest of the season. But for now, he said he's helping us win hockey games. That's the most important thing, right? Right. So, yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, he also highlighted how every time they thought Potra might have been getting to like some sort of wall where, as Montgomery said, um, you know, we thought this might be too much, whether it was exhibition, these nine games, he just always finds a way to be like, and he kind of paused and then he was like, he belongs. He just belongs. And it's like, that's, sort of all you have to say about it. Um, you know, we haven't seen anything that would indicate that he doesn't belong. And that's, by the way, even coming after a game where he had a bad turnover that led to a goal. Florida's second goal was a brutal D-zone turnover by Patra. And I, I loved that Montgomery didn't bench him, like even for the rest of the period. That was, uh, I think, with, uh, it was like under five minutes left in the first. And Montgomery easily could have just benched him even just for the rest of the period and like, you know, gone up to him between periods and reset then. He made sure to get Patra out for another shift before the period was even over. And I thought Patra responded well and played played well the rest of the game. Um, you know, another thing Montgomery highlighted was just, he was asked about like his grit and his compete level. And he said, 
I think that's the number one reason why he's going to play a 10th game is because of that. You know, said so like you see the IQ, you see the skill, but that's what puts it over the top. Like that's what makes the IQ and the skill really pop is when you also have the compete level. I couldn't agree with that anymore. And, you know, the goal that he played a factor in uh, giving, you know, giving the puck away to Barkov, you know, first of all, and we'll probably get into this a little bit, although we're not going to dissect the entire 60 minutes, but the Bruins were awful in that first period. It was one of the worst periods of hockey I've seen them play, honestly, dating back to even the beginning of last season. It was uninspired. It was sloppy. It was slow, poorly executed. And it's it's like, uh, I just want to double check here. You're playing the team that knocked you out of the playoffs last year, right? The team that embarrassed you and made made you a cautionary tale in front of the whole hockey world. You, that's the team you're playing right now? Okay, just, 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 just checking. Um, and, you know, Patra's giveaway – there may have been a little bit of a 2023 stick foul that Barkov may have gotten away with there, a little slash in the stick, hands up, cough the puck up, and then – but either way, you know, and then McAvoy, had, I don't know what he was doing in front of the net there. Um, so just all, all around, it was – the entire team was playing like shit, and I think that why would you why would you damn one player that's 19 years old when everybody else is playing just as bad, if not worse, so – uh, I agree with you, Scott. It was a good coaching moment for Montgomery to, you know, he may have even gone right back to the faceoff circle after they giving up that goal. Yeah, they they did. They they stayed with that line on the ice. Mm. So I just I love that, you know, like just allow him to to grind through it and just shake it off and and literally live the next shift and, and realize it's going to get better. So, um, yeah, great great story for the Bruins. Great story for for Patra. And yes, he deserves. Every accolade he's gotten along the way through preseason in the first ten nine games, and and look forward to watching going forward. Now, I don't I don't want to like sound like I'm crazy here because I don't I don't think that I'm far off on this, but I want your opinions on it. When deciding to like looking at it this way, if they had decided to not keep Patra, this isn't a a championship team, but with Patra with with another uh, second line center. Scott, you're I'm echoing because of you, Scott. <laughs> Mute yourself. Um, usually that happens. Usually it's you that we echo off of you. Nope. Mute uh, yourself. <laughs> Bridget, can you would you would you mind just you know restating from from scratch there? I will, and hopefully I do it more eloquently this time <laughs> without an echo. <laughs> so. Uh, in my mind, I'm thinking, how much would it hurt this team if they don't keep Patra? And to me, I boiled it down to, this is not a championship team without Patra, like without a second line center. Or what, as at times, looked like the first line, which was put together for a lot of the game against Florida, which was Zaka over at the wing, Patra and Pasta. That is a solid line, and that is a huge contribution. If you can get him to perform at that level and make that line effective and, and create offense there, you, that is the difference between having holes in your roster that could hurt you in the playoffs and actually legitimately having a chance. And we have seen it throughout the beginning part of the season. And I, in my opinion, I want to get yours too, this isn't a championship team without him on it. If as long as he holds up and is playing the same way he played th through the first nine games. Yeah, I, I agree. Like it's, it's still early to say like, Oh, he's going to be 
you know, like a true difference maker in the playoffs or part of a championship formula this season. But you're right. Like it, it would, had they sent him down, it would, I feel like not just for fans or like us covering the team, but I think for the team, for the players, like it would have been almost deflating. Like, like it would have been because they all, they all know, they know he's helping them win games right now. So it's like, what kind of message would it send if you sent him back? And, it, you know, obviously they would try to make the argument about we're just looking out for his development and here's what we want him to work on. And here's why we think it's bad. Like they would obviously have, there would be some sort of PR spin, but in, in the room, like guys would obviously look around and be like, that kid was helping us win. Like why, why don't, why aren't we keeping him around? Like, why did we just actively make our team worse? So yeah, there was, the more he kept building one good game on top of another, like the less and less of a decision it became. And yeah, nothing was official until Montgomery announced it, but realistically, like we knew a few games ago, I mean, you know, I, I wrote it after the game in Anaheim that that was his, that was the game that we're going to look back on as like, that's where he officially stuck in the NHL. And that was game five, I believe. So I think it was pretty safe to say then that he was sticking. I guess maybe if like he really struggled the four games after that, there might be a conversation to be had, but he didn't. So there really wasn't. Yeah. And you know, if, if they sent him back and I don't even want to speak this into existence or blame the Bruins for something that they clearly aren't doing, but it's like, you'd be, you'd be putting over, you'd, you'd be putting the, the quote unquote, development of a player over the betterment of your hockey team at the at the pro level it's like that's their job is to make the team as good as possible and he has been integral in the in the, in the team success so far this year especially because bridget you mentioned like you don't look is this bruins team a championship team obviously that that remains to be seen um but championship teams they they can't be without certain positions adequately filled right like can there be a stanley cup championship team that has like a deficiency on like third line wing or like maybe not the best like six defenseman sure but like they make up for it elsewhere yeah that happens right but you can't not have you know you know a number one and number two center right and and, and charlie Coyle from an offensive production standpoint uh his ceiling isn't that now you could look at their roster right now and you know coyle has got six points and potter's got five but it's like you know obviously you know, played out over 82. The ceiling is just not there long-term. So, yeah. And, and like the narrative, the narrative about the the development thing, I've been pushing back on since preseason that it would be helpful for him to go down in any way. Like that's not helpful for his development. It actually would hurt his development because you want to see how he handles and how he adapts to NHL uh, speed the size of NHL players, the intensity of the NHL, it would be bad for his development to go down. So like there really would be no argument to be made there. Um, and you want to know what his ability to play as a top two center on this team has allowed more flexibility at wing because the net, like the, the most recent shoot to drop was that Pavel Zaka now transitions back over to the left side. 
And now you have an option to, to keep what is like the check line from last year, just insert Potter instead of Krejci. And that was an effective line. So you get that versatility where you don't have to force Zaka into a center role. You can have him play wing and play with pasta and that still be an effective uh, location for, for Zaka. So, and you know what, that, that line of Marshawn, Coyle and DeBrusque also, uh, I, I like how that line looks as well. And you're not able to to do those two combinations without being able to have uh, Patra there and Zaka on the wing. So you really loaded your your top six because of that. 